This is Hope FM. Well, of course, we have been living through challenging days, perhaps the most challenging days that we've ever faced. But the Talbot Village Trust has been in support of the local community and indeed many, many charities within that community for many years. And I'm delighted to welcome as my guest uh, this morning, Russell uh, Lucas Rowe. Good morning to you, Russell. Morning to you. Lovely to be there this morning. So, Russell, for people who don't know, how did the the Talbot Village Trust originate? When when did it all begin? Well, of course, uh, you know, everyone in the area knows, um, you know, the Talbot Talbot Woods and uh, Talbot Heath. Um, But the Talbot refers uh, refers to two sisters, uh, very wealthy sisters. They moved out of London in the mid-1800s, moved to the Bournemouth area, and very soon, um, the, the sisters realised that although Bournemouth had its very prosperous part, um, it, it also had areas of great poverty. Uh, and between uh, the dates of 1850 and 1862, um, amazingly, they bought six farms in the area, um, which totaled 465 acres. They bought uh, 16 cottages, uh, a church, uh, almshouses, uh, a school... Uh, and, of course, they had the, the heath and uh, woodland as well. And anyone who's been along the Wallace Down Road in, in Bournemouth, um, when you've got the Bournemouth University on one side, um, on the other side you've got woods and church and m- maybe an area that uh, people think, well, what's going on there? Well, that is the Talbot um, uh, Village Trust area. Um, these sisters uh, didn't marry. Uh, they had no children, but they were very philanthropic. They really built up. Um, the uh, charitable giving um, through their land holding um, and they were very keen that that continued after their death uh, and so the, the holding was left uh, in trust to trustees and it's been going ever since. So if we went back to those very early days in some ways you've answered this question uh, but the initial aims were the initial aims of the church uh, the trust then to uh, to relieve poverty in in the many forms that it that it presented itself in those days. Yeah, very much so and they were very ahead of their time. Um they believed in self-help. So if you gave somebody a plot of land, um they, they were able to be uh, self-sufficient. Um, they uh, were, were giving homes to people with very big gardens, so again, they, they could grow their own stuff. And the uh, the, the uh, income that they were getting from the farms was being uh, recycled into charitable giving. And um, uh, you know, they were obviously trying to give as much money as they could. But you know, little could they have imagined, you know, what the trust was going to turn into one day. And also, of course how valuable that land in the middle of Bournemouth and Poole was going to be. Well, of course, the, the thing about uh, any form of trust, uh, it's the baton is passed from hand to hand, and, of course, it's now firmly uh, in the hands of the current uh, trustees. How would you say that the trust has changed in, it, in its focus, or indeed has it changed in its focus over the years? Um, I, I, I think as the, uh, as the area has grown... Um, the problems have grown, uh, and fortunately, the investment that uh, the investments that the trust has uh, uh, has also grown. I, I wouldn't say, you know, by any means that we're able to uh, match the demand, 
Uh, but fortunately, you know, we do have investment and we, we look after those investments wisely, be they the, the land uh, or, or the buildings. Uh, and uh, we are able to um, use those incomes and, and use that money to try to help to alleviate, you know, the plethora of um, different size charities and, and groups um, that exist in the area and, uh, you know, that so desperately need our help. Now, you've been a trustee for quite a few years. How did, how did you come to initially be involved? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. But um, there, there was uh, one of the trustees uh, retired. Uh, there's six in total. Uh, there's always been six. Um, they're, they're people that have an understanding of the local area, uh, have an understanding of charities. Um, I suppose that my interest came from um, being at Merrytown Farm, which is opposite Bournemouth Airport. We're sort of wedged between Bournemouth Airport and Bournemouth, so we, we, we understand about the um, you know the pressures that urbanisation has brought. Um, we deal with quite a few charities through um, the Adventure Wonderland theme park, um, and um, I, I, I think they thought I was young enough at the time uh, to be able to contribute. And uh, it's been a really steep learning curve and a privilege to be part of the Trust. So what does the Trust uh, like to fund? What sort of applications do you like to see uh, coming your way? Well, the most important thing is the Trust likes to build relationships um, with not just charities, but groups, um, schools, churches, um, you know, scout associations um, of all sizes, so big and small. Um, well, I, I guess we'd like to see um, a, 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 as much sort of community involvement uh, within those groups and within those charities it, it, if we can see that, um, that there is a big demand and it is helping, you know, a group is helping a lot of people then uh, that's absolutely fantastic. But we, we, we have no restriction on, on size. Um, all, all that we ask is that the, 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 the group uh, has a, a legitimate standing, um, it has a structure, um, and it has a need. And uh, when the applications are sent in, and we deal with applications twice a year, um, we, we have to make sure that... Um, yeah, the application is obviously bona fide and is going to help as many people as possible. So what's the main criteria? If I, if I was sitting down to do an application for, for my charity, uh, what are the s sorts of things that you need to know uh, from me about the, the, the particular work that I'm doing? They, they, they tend to be, the grants that we give uh, tend to be quite capital-based, um, so if, if a church um, needs to put on an extension, if a charity um, needs a, an, an extra room or an, or an extra ward, it tends to be quite uh, bricks and mortar, not quite um, really into personnel or computers, although, as I'm sure we'll talk about, um, that, that has changed slightly because of the coronavirus crisis. But it tends to be uh, capital projects there, uh, and um, we, we like to see that there's been fundraising already so that there is a, a real commitment to the project that, um, that the group are carrying out so that we are a partner in the development um, rather than just somebody who's giving a handout. This is Hope FM. 
Uh, my very special guest today is Russell Lucas Rowe, whose uh, trustee has been for many years with the Talbot Village Trust. Now, the, the trust likes to be in partnership. You, you said that earlier on, and we are stronger together, aren't we? Oh, yeah, definitely. And what an uplifting tune that, that was. But we really do want to be um, a partner for the community. And, you know, the, one of the biggest challenges from the Talbot Village Trust is actually getting our name out there and for the smaller, certainly the smaller organisations to realise that the, the Talbot Trust is there. There are no catches as long as they... Um, you know, really need funds and need support, we are there for them. And uh, get, getting that out there, uh, you know, is, as I say, our, our big challenge. And uh, that's why it's so wonderful to be on the, the show this morning. Now, of course, you would have seen many applications coming your way. What, what makes for a good application? Yeah, I, I, I think it really needs... A, a, the personal touch is absolutely fantastic. We've got, you know, all those very big national charities, um, but when there is a real local charity uh, that is helping itself, that is helping the community, um, that is able to reach out to the Talbot Trust, uh, that maybe uh, invites a trustee, because the trustees love to come and... Uh, visit projects and, and visit charities so that they can see exactly what the need is. And um, uh, nothing heartens me more than to uh, go to a, uh, an organisation or a charity and see uh, young people being helped or to see uh, new facilities uh, being produced and to see, you know, charities uh, really moving ahead. So, you know, th those, th those are the source. But, again, I cannot stress enough that it's small charities, not just charities as well, small groups, uh, up to the very biggest groups. You know, we, we, we'd like to support as many people as we can. And, of course, um, the, the coronavirus epidemic uh, has been our, our real sort of uh, big litmus test. Now, of course, along comes, I mean, you were already, you said you met tw twice a year and receiving uh, applications, and along comes, of course, this devastating uh, uh, sort of COVID-19. Now, you're described as the founder of the COVID-19 <laughs> support fund. So, oh, that's what, very kind. so what was going through your mind whenever, whenever you realised, you know, the, 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 the devastating nature of what was coming and what we're living through right now? What, did, what was in your mind? What did you feel you needed to do? Coronavirus for most of us, I, I think, was was like sort of a what you know, watching a, a, a tsunami coming towards us. You know, we'd heard about it on the other side of the world. Then it started coming closer in Europe, uh, and you know, I think there was that inevitability that it, it was going to hit this country. But we all had a little bit of time to think about it, and to me, um, it was just absolutely obvious that it was time that the Talbot Trust was able to um, re re really stand up to the challenge. It was really the opportunity for the Talbot Trust to do more than they've ha they, ha you know, they have done in the past um, and to uh, you know, really help as many people as possible. But you know, although there was a little time to think about it, there wasn't that long, and uh, we had to put together... A, a fund in a very short period of time and it's not just a matter of putting uh, the fund together it's making sure that the uh, the applications were uh, were properly dealt with um, because we had to make sure that um, 
you know, any new organisations, um, you know, were proper organisations, that any funds that they were asking for were, were real needs for those funds, you know, and that takes time, but, you know, time is what we didn't have. So a team of people had to absolutely concentrate on getting um, what, what we managed to put together, which was a million pounds, which in the end wasn't enough. We had to, we had to add to it but we had somehow to get that money to where it was most needed. And, you know, the fact was that the vulnerable people in our community suddenly became twice as vulnerable, three times as vulnerable. So, you know, we knew that the need was there. We knew that the need was acute uh, and we had to deliver fast. Now, I've seen the list of, of the many, many projects that, that, that you were able to support. Uh, did you get more applications than you could actually help? Um, what happened was that I, you know, I think uh, as as long as the uh, the applications were, you know, were pertinent and valid, um, everyone got something. So we weren't able to give the full amount to people. Um, but I mean, it varied between, you know, some people who were looking for just a very small amount of money to keep going. A thousand pounds went a long way. Some of the bigger um, charities and, and bigger groups, we were giving up to £30,000 away. Um, so, you know, these are large chunks of money. Um, we weren't able to satisfy, satisfy the full amount for the full number of people, um, but, but we got quite close. Um, and the initial idea was um, in partnership with the Echo, who gave us some fantastic profile. Um, the initial idea was to give out £200,000 every two weeks uh, for, for five um, tranches of, of two weeks. Yeah. Um, but in the end, uh, we had to front load it because there was so much demand so early on. And we ended up giving three tranches of 400000 and going up to £1.2 which we were able to give out actually in a very short period of time. Now, obviously, you, you, you talked about partnership, but Russell, I mean, clearly there was a diverse number of applications from different organisations. Are you beginning to get some feedback on the difference that that funding has made in the local community? Yeah, we, we, we really are. And um, as, as I said before, we do, we do encourage this relationship. We encourage dialogue between the trust uh, and the charity so that we can understand better um, you know what their needs are, and um, d- during this pandemic, um, that that has been a real strength. And I would say that we have heard back uh, from most of these groups and charities uh, who, um, you know, have, have thanked us for their support, uh, invited us uh, in better times to come and have a look to see where that um, money has gone. And uh, you know, I know that going into the future. Um, you know, we, we are going to have a relationship um, with, with these groups that, um, you know, that continues and flourishes. Now, you said earlier on that, you know, the trust being a bit of a, a jewel in the crown, as it were. But, and, yet, and yet, astoundingly, even though the trust has been around for so many years and, and supporting work, that actually there's quite a lot of folk that still don't know uh, about your existence. I guess that actually uh, the, 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 the COVID challenge will have put the trust on the, on, on the map and in the minds of many people who perhaps didn't even know of the trust's existence previous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think the Talbot Trust is, 
you know, one of the area's best kept secrets. And uh, one of the plus points of the, of the pandemic is that it has uh, raised our, our profile and uh, more people are now aware of the Talbot Village Trust. And, and, and I think, um, you know, we're, we're one of the one of the things that works against us is that people are always, you know, very distrustful. You know, there's always that saying, if it seems too good to be true, it, it probably is. But with the Talbot Trust, there aren't any catches. You know, we have a fund of money. Um, we're looking to give out in normal times uh, half a million pounds every six months. So we, we look to give out a million pounds uh, per year. That There are no catches, uh, except that we, we want to make sure that um, the money is going to the to the right place uh, and to where it's most needed. Um, but um, yeah, no, it it, it is um, it, you know it, it is an absolutely fantastic uh, trust. So going forward, what 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 are your plans? Because I, I reckon that coming out of COVID is probably going to be uh, even more difficult because everyone's talking about you know major recession and so on i guess that will affect your own investments never mind of course what what gifts you may or grants that you may give out you know to the to the various charities yeah that that is that is so true but because it's a very long standing trust uh at, because there have been developments that that uh, have happened uh on the the trust estate that have brought um monies in um, you know, there, there are uh, funds that have been able to tide us over during that difficult, you know, the difficult period that we've been through. Um, you know, and we have had, um, you know, a, a, enough money to continue. Um, but also, you know, we have to keep thinking about the future. And this goes back to the Talbot sisters. You know, they, they didn't want uh, the trust just to, just to be there for a short period of time. They wanted to make sure that there was uh, a long-term trust in place and that the trust was able to put in long-term support for people. So we, you're absolutely right. We have to think of that uh, long view. But we are um, fortunate enough to, to have funds. Um, I, I guess in future, we, as we've mentioned, we want to increase our, our profile. Um, we want to be increasing the amount of money um, uh, that we're giving, and we want to increase the knowledge of the community, uh, the, the charities and groups that are in the community, and the sorts of things that they're doing. So finally, Rosa, if somebody wanted to, to find out more about the Trust, and particularly how they might make application, how do they best go about that? Um, I, well, like, like most organisations, we have the dreaded website. Um, the, the, the website is absolutely fantastic. You can press on a button there. Uh, you can see uh, exactly how to apply for funds. Uh, there, there's a, a form on there that isn't pages and pages, um, you know, like you sometimes get. It's a very straightforward uh, form that you can fill in. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your fundraising. Um, as I say, we, we have a team that can deal with that extremely uh, quickly. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the Talbot Trust is, is there and waiting. But um, the website is, is the, the absolute number one uh, place to go to. But, but I, I would just say generally, because the, the Talbot Trust is helping um, a, a huge variety of charities, you know, what I would say is that, I, you know, most of us have I uh, have got through this pandemic now, and uh, you know I think we're hugely 
thankful, especially, uh, you know, in the BCP area, uh, for the fact that we weren't hit maybe as hard as we could have done. Yeah. And I would just say to people, think about the charities that you've supported it in the past there. Go on, on, on the, the, their website, as well as the Talbot British Trust, go, go on other charities, especially local charities' website. Give some money now to those people, because, as we've said, vulnerable people have just become more vulnerable. And somehow those charities have had to continue the services uh, that they provide with you know, ever-dwindling uh, amounts of money. So, you know, just go onto those sites, uh, give what you can to them, because the bottom line with any of these charities is we don't know when we may need them ourselves. Russell, can I thank you? And particularly thank you as one of the recipients of the, of, of the grants uh, that the Trust gives out. Can I thank you on behalf of, of all of us who have received benefit and funding from the Trust and uh, look forward to continuing partnership with you and, and with your colleagues? Absolute, absolute pleasure. And um, uh, meeting organisations and the people that run these organisations over the last um, few weeks has been an absolute privilege. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.